Hello, everybody, and welcome to Quincy's Tavern Podcast. We're Tavern Keepers. My name is Quincy, and I'm joined with my good friend Mackenzie. Hello, hello. Hello. Well, today, um, we mainly we're going to be talking about uh, an interesting topic. Yeah, um, yeah. Toxic positivity. Something that we've kind of talked about, like, off off camera, like, right. in our own personal conversations and everything, especially, like, with... Uh, just social media in general and mm-hmm. just what we do and everything like that. But before we dive into that, I hope you guys are doing well. Happy Friday. Happy February. Oh, my gosh. Happy Black History Month and right. all that other good Valentine's. stuff. Valentine's Day. My you know. eldest niece, she's going to be, goodness, 18? 19? Hold on. Give me a second. Let me think about this. got to think. I'm drinking yeah, hot chocolate. she's going to be 18. 18. Maria. Oh, that's Happy awesome. birthday. Happy birthday. Jovial annual womb evacuation, remembrance, survival day. Um, My other niece, Channing, she's mm-hmm. going to be three. She was Aww. a leap year baby. So she was born on February Um, So she's not 29th. three. She's still one. Technically, yeah. yeah. I mean, she won't be 21 until she's like well into her 80s. Love that. But she's Love like that. our little special unicorn baby, Jesse. She's even it's like she's not only a unicorn, but she's also a rainbow baby. Oh, unicorn very, and rainbow. Very, very special. So very lucky. Yeah. She's having an Elsa Elsa birthday party. Oh, I love that. <laughs> She's obsessed. I love that. All right. Well, uh, happy February. Happy early birthdays to your family members. What are you drinking? Um, ginger ale. Something from my fridge. Yeah. 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 Diet soda. Oh, that's always. Me. I got to turn off my notifications. What are you drinking? I see. Is that steam? It is. Over? I got hot cocoa here. I am indulging in some water hot cocoa with the chocolate powder. I, oh, do you not ever do milk? Uh, I do, um, but I've been doing this thing. Uh, my milk has been allocated to um, these things called overnight oats. You can see the box, like literally oh. right over there. So it's like oh, it's called oats over oats. Oh, oats of an age. Oats of an We were doing the Swedish Chef thing now, and I can't stop. I, okay, like it was before we even started filming. Like we we're just starting to do the Swedish Chef voice, and I can't stop. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> So my milk is currently allocated to uh, the oats overnight thing, which actually they're located, I think, in Phoenix. They, I've looked into them before. I think they have a couple of different vegan ones. I looked yeah. into them. I've never really, I don't think I've ever legit tried overnight oats. I think I had probably tried to make them one time at home and I was just like, <laughs> yeah, if you don't have like the flavor with yeah. it, it's not much. But if you like apple cinnamon, oh yeah, like I think you could probably find. I'm sure you could find vegan versions with them. Oh, 100. Like the regular like, um, um, Quaker even oatmeal, like mm-hmm. the little instant hot packets or whatever. Um, I always do the lower sugar ones, but those are vegan. Again, yeah. it's just not marketed. It's just as not marketed. Well, that's we were talking about that too. Quick rabbit trail, but like, how many? Th- what foods are technically vegan but not labeled as vegan? Oreos. Oreos are one, which I actually. I think I knew, but yeah, it's still kind of so odd to me to mm-hmm. that it is. It's a good thing they're not marketed as vegan because then the prices will like... Pfft. Breakfast cereals. Like Most literally, breakfast. I have yeah. so many cereals. I always do... Like I'm an old person and I can't do too much <laughs> sugar because of my illness. But like I do um, Rice Krispies, mm-hmm. um, the unsweetened ones, like the cornflakes, unsweetened Cheerios, Rice Checks. Um, I've gotten into like the weird like fiber one. I wanted to try it. I've always seen fiber them. Fiber one's good. They look like little hamster yeah. like it does, feeds. It, it does look like hamster pellets. They're really good. I was, I've always <laughs> wanted to try them and I got them and I'm like, I'm not, I'm not disappointed. Have you ever had grape nuts? No, I've seen those a lot. That looks like hamster feed too. Yeah. And it kind of tastes like it too. Yeah. But, it, um, 
even like Lucky Charms, Fruit Loops, mm-hmm. all of those sugar cereals. I sometimes, I think you might've seen them in my pantry yesterday. I get like the little tiny mm-hmm. mini ones of the sugar cereals and yeah. I use that as like granola on my vegan yogurt yeah, just yeah, yeah. for some spice in my life. <laughs> but yeah, vegan cereals, cereal and, and vegan and they don't even... Don't even tell you. That's great. That's cool. So I mean, I mean, that's that's really really neat. So, but yeah, I've been my milk is allocated to oats overnight right now, and I have tried um, their apple cinnamon one, which is really really good. Mm. Uh, I'm, and I'm sure it'd be fantastic with almond milk. You just kind of like your first order, you get this like little shaker, um, and it has like a line where it says "fill the milk here," and you put your milk. Oh, up like a for, protein shaker. Yeah, it's got yeah. A little yeah. ball in it. It's actually, you don't need a ball because oh, it's just well, that makes it just sense. sits in there. But you just fill about eight ounces of milk in it, and then you put your powder pack in there, which is like a single serving kind of thing, and you just put it in the fridge for like overnight. Overnight. Well, that oh, overnight. Checks out. <laughs> or or like if um or like if you're actually absolutely hungry, you you know just wait like a couple hours and you're good to go. Mm. Um, just gotta get, let it go. But it's kind of like drinking your breakfast yeah. kind of thing. So it's just a runny oatmeal, but it's nice. Mm. Cold mm. milky yes. oatmeal. Yes. So we are enjoying some <laughs> ginger ale and hot cocoa. We are currently sniffing and smelling this nice mythology candle. The Lamppost, hashtag not sponsored, but thank you mythology what for these candles. Uh, the Lamppost is from their Narnia collection. Mr. And Tumnus. it is, admit, it says here on the label, amidst a thickly forested woodland stands a Lone iron lamppost. Its flickering light illuminates jagged icicles, frosted branches, and nearby snow berries. Notes of Siberian fir, sugared berries, warm cedar, citrus, and moss. Natural coconut wax blend net weight 0.2 ounces, 10 ounces. Yeah, I'm getting a very strong throw. Um, you know, it's it's very, very heavy on the fur. <laughs> <laughs> I love wood woodwick candles. I just like the crackling and yeah. I feel like it's like a They're little, cozy. little fireplace. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you for joining us and choosing to spend some of your weekend or just evening with us. We really appreciate it. Um, oh, big news. Big news. big news before we get into kind of like just uh, random topics of what we're going to talk about today. But our uh, the cookbook is actually live in a pre-launch page on Kickstarter. So for those of you who don't know what Kickstarter is, Kickstarter is a crowdfunding uh, website. It's where basically lots of people can go and um, will help contribute and crowdfund a project. A lot of a lot of games and a lot of books and, and other things have been funded normally on Kickstarter. Uh, if you are familiar with a, um, if you're in the D&D TTRPG community or even like watch Amazon Prime shows, there's a show called The Legend of Vox Machina, which was by Critical Role, that was funded mm. on Kickstarter. Oh. A lot of money got put into that. Um, I can imagine. And uh, there's other things on there as well as like the game Exploding Kittens uh, was mm-hmm. funded through Kickstarter at the beginning and as well as uh, Unstable Unicorns mm-hmm. was also a one of those. And a lot of, I, I mostly follow board game designers just because right. I think it's a fun way to, to support and um, to kind of get in the know and be some of the first people to get something. But our cookbook is now live on uh, Kickstarter as a pre-launch page. And basically what that is, is we're not quite re- quite ready to show off what it is yet and for you to put your pre-orders in right now. So this is kind of like a way for you to get your email address in. If you haven't made a Kickstarter account, it's free to do that. And that way you can kind of see what that is. Uh, and you can uh, basically hit the little icon that says notify me when we launch. So when we're ready to 
blast it off all over the internet sphere uh, and be like, hey, you can actually kind of see it and check it out. And if it's something you want to support, uh, you're welcome to. Um, but this is kind of like a let me know when it happens first, because we'll have a couple yeah. things there where um, we have uh, we're planning on doing like for the first 48 hours of the campaign that, you know, if you're one of the first backers or whatever, we'll, we'll give you a special deal. We're going to try to do like maybe a couple dollars off like that but as like a, a thank you for, you know supporting so early being so patient <laughs> absolutely that too oh my gosh um but uh the thing with kickstarter is is uh something that i wanted to try to do is that if the goal of like our our goal price of like how much we need to raise to kind of essentially you know break even with it if that's not met no one is charged money and then in the in the campaign isn't successful so basically it's one of those things where um it it'll happen if you guys are interested in it and that's kind of like how kickstarter works for those of you who are unfamiliar if you if you know kickstarter then you're like me and spend way too much money on kickstarter and wait like over a year for your product to come in and it's just very exciting uh because then you're like oh i forgot i bought this like a year ago and it's like coming to my door and it's like okay cool um i don't think I, i've ever I've bought so many random things on Kickstarter. I have bought like there it's in my like uh, silver well drawer, but it's like this metal spoon that has a fork on one end, a spoon on the other end. And you can, it's, it's like a, a it's camping, a, it's a camping utensil and I use it to eat my soup. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I saw, um, there's a creator. I think she, I saw her first on, um, YouTube. I think her name is Simone Gertz. Um, mm -hmm. but she made a, calendar so like if you're someone like me you know who loves a daily calendar but also you like um kind of like the idea of christmas advent calendars you know you open a yeah. door every day or whatever yeah so it's this really big like lighted calendar that you put on your wall and at the end of the day or the beginning of the day you touch the button and the do and it lights up almost like an elevator door oh, button. that's kind of cool and so you get to go through the whole line oh, that's satisfying yeah it reminds me of the um the scene in uh, oh. <laughs> you know what movie we're talking about. We didn't have to say it. It's just that. Okay. Oh. Every movie with a uh, unhinged character in an elevator. Right. Yes. Like. Yes. Yes. Um. But yeah. Yeah. So that's very very exciting. You guys so, will be the first to know if you hit that button. And currently, as of recording this right now, we have over seven hundred people Ooh. waiting for that for that notification to well, go live. Thank you. Thank you so much. And you can also see a sneak peek of what the cover looks like. It is a traveler's guide to Jeez. Lucky Griffin. <laughs> Just a little bit, just a little bit. Um, and uh, the full title is A Traveler's Guide to the Lucky Griffin Recipes and Regalings. And oh, I didn't know we were releasing that, but... It's on the thing. Cool. Oh, it is? Yeah. I didn't know the that. The title, the full title. Not the full cover, but the full title. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, people got to know what it's called. Well, yeah. I mean, you're not <laughs> wrong. <laughs> so, but I like the, I love the idea of like overly long titles yeah. for like fantasy books and stories. I yeah. just they're really, really fun. You think that they would be like hard to remember, but because it's so strange, they're It's so like, iconic. I love it. I think it's so much fun. But um yeah, so there's that. Second cool thing that's kinda happened that's kinda cool. Your book is in burned and herbers. <laughs> yeah. Um like my goal, I guess my whole life, like I grew up going to a Barnes and Noble location that's been very close um, to essentially any house I've ever moved into. And uh, I always thought, I'm like, how cool would it be to walk into Barnes & Noble and see my book on a shelf? Um, so when, when uh, Daughter of the Trolls, well, that's technically, that's the exclusive edition. So you won't get that one. But. This one's mine. This one's pretty. <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, I when A Daughter of the Trolls first came out, 
um, I was the first book that my publisher had published outside of her own. So at that point, you know, it's kind of wasn't something that um, anyone could afford. You know, I mean, it's it's trickier. There's a lot behind the scenes that goes into getting a book on shelves at Barnes and Noble. It's not as simple as, hey, carry this. Like you have to go through different sources like Ingram Spark. And it's got to be this whole entire thing. Um, we can talk about that in a future episode if you're interested. Yeah. Something cool. Yeah. So right now, if you were to go on Barnes and Noble um, and you type in a daughter of the trolls, Mackenzie Catron, you will see it. I don't know. I think last time I looked, they still hadn't uploaded the cover, um, but you can still purchase it. It's going to be a hardback. Um, as of right now, I don't believe there is any on shelves in the store. I don't know when or if that is going to happen. Um, maybe it's a kind of thing like depending on how many orders they get online mm-hmm. is they would kind of see that there's a, a want yeah. for it and put them on shelves. But <sighs> I really want some at that Barnes & Noble location. I think uh-huh. you know the one that I'm talking about because yeah. like, it would be so local cool Barnes Noble. to no. go in there and be like, hi, like you have my book. Can I sign it? <laughs> and then I would get to sign it and they put like a little sticker on the front that says signed by author and put them back on the shelf and... It's been my life goal. I'm getting closer. Getting closer. It's on the website. <laughs> what are you going to do then? I've made it. I'm done. That's it. I'm going to hang up. That's it. <laughs> hang all right, up the cool. hat. That's all we got to do is just get your signed book in Barnes & Noble. <laughs> well, but we'll see if that happens. Um, and uh, lots of other things underway and in the works. Yeah. We're excited to see that. We're really, really excited. Um, but that's kind of like what's new with us. Uh, next week on next Friday, we're not ending now, but this next next Friday is the 10th, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and that will be our Valentine's Day episode. Whoop, 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 whoop. Whoop, whoop, whoop. We'll try to get, maybe we'll get some vegan chocolate. I'm listening. Yeah, that's what I thought. We'll get some <laughs> vegan chocolate and some strawberries and we'll talk about. I'll dress up, man. Uh, <gasps> Can we make, I haven't had chocolate covered strawberries in so freaking We could long. do chocolate, chocolate covered <gasps> strawberries. We'll do chocolate covered strawberries next week. And <laughs> also we're going to talk about just like love in general. And we're going to talk about, you know. Love. Um, uh, we'd also, I, I, I was thinking about this because like last week we asked for like your stories and everything. And some of you uh, replied with them and some of them were really, really sweet. We really appreciate that. But your advice, what is, everyone has different advice on love. Right. Everyone has different like nuggets of wisdom or just like kind of small bits of truth that are super interesting so if you got your nugget of love put in the comments (laughs) below and we'll uh we'll love to look over them next week uh, for next week's recording an episode uh but yeah that's gonna be really fun so that's what's coming up uh next week on the podcast uh yep i don't know what else to talk about I think that was. I good. think that was it. All right, yeah, cool. For that. Well, today's main topic and main kind of thing that we wanted to kind of discuss is the idea of toxic positivity. Now we all know what a toxic person is, and we all know what like kind of uh, if you've been around on the internet long enough, you know that people can say things that don't quite that aren't very nice. Yeah, lots of uh, um, manipulation, gaslighting type of, of stuff. Lots of things, and I think part of it is when we don't know what someone means, it we take it at its extreme at its extreme like negative connotation or at its extreme positive connotation, depending on if it's like with uh, just how it's phrased and spelled or whatever. Like mm-hmm. we really try to, like we often imagine someone like veiny, like vein in the forehead and the neck kind of pulsing, sweating profusely and yelling out those those uh, horrible words at you when really they could be just someone who's like, oh my gosh. Where are you doing it? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Someone is just kind of dragging you down. Sometimes yeah. it's, you know, a weird opinion. Sometimes it's because that is their heart misunderstandings. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but we've all we've all definitely experienced either online one. or in real life right. just someone who just isn't super nice the the quote unquote stereotypical Karen I guess you know Karen which, what's what's the male equivalent is it still Steve or is it something else oh that's sad my name is Stevie well that's unfortunate well technically you go by Quincy I do so. I do I do I yeah. <laughs> I, Steve I, I, Steve. I well it's true it, well i mean like I, whenever i think of steve i think of blues clues <gasps> oh so i don't see yeah. how that could be like the I do remember that. Hmm. but ken? anyway what ken is it ken it could be ken and karen <laughs> if your name like ken, ken and Karen. <laughs> <laughs> no but like just the this the just the person who is not you know not good to have in your life not super empathetic yeah um but for that's that's a completely different subject but the idea of like you know we know what toxicity is and we know what you know negativity is there's also just kind of like consider there is a balance to all things there could there positive can be so profuse that it becomes disingenuous and that's when positivity and the oversaturation of it can get into the realm of quote unquote toxic mm -hmm. of it becoming so you become so desensitized to it that it doesn't mean anything. And it's harmful. It, it can be. It can be. Um, so, but like as a blanket definition, what is toxic positivity? What are you talking about? What does this mean? <laughs> toxic positivity is, quote, the excessive and ineffective overgeneralization of a happy, optimistic state across all situations. The process of toxic positivity results in the denial, minimization, and invalidation of the authentic human mm -hmm. emotional experience. Mm -hmm. So all that to say is it can come in many different forms. And oftentimes this is something that I've had to come to learn that, you know, there are times in my life where I was like even toxic positive to myself or to other people <laughs> or to yourself well that's what it is you um at its kind of like base nature toxic positivity can be kind of a form of gaslighting it's like oh it's not that bad how would you describe gaslighting for the people who don't know what that means gaslighting is um basically well it's, it's almost the same thing just in a more manipulative way toxic positivity can and, and gaslighting can kind of go hand in hand a little bit but gaslighting is uh essentially negating someone's situation or belief or feelings and forcing them to like look at or believe a situation your way kind of trying to twist it make them believe something that either was said wasn't or some you know and vice versa you're like, trying to distort their reality to right. your reality right so it, whether it's true or not mm -hmm. it's basically it's, it's a manipulation thing right um like you said, but examples of toxic positivity can be like, you know, if someone's, you know, imagine this, someone's going through a bad day and then um, person B, their friend or, or relation or whatever comes up to him is like, it could be worse, you know, mm. and, you know, we can look at that and be like, oh, we've kind of experienced someone be like, well, it could always be worse, you know, you know, things that you're going They're through starving now. Starving children. Yeah, right. <laughs> Thank and you. Just because uh, things are relative doesn't mean they can't cause pain and hurt because pain and hurt are relative. And sometimes we um, either, and I feel like it can come from a place where I know for myself that when someone is hurting and I've, I've noticed times in my life where I'm like, well, it's not that bad mm. or like I've gone through worse or like, okay. it, 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 and that's a way like um, that is toxic positivity, but that's also like a superiority complex too. I feel like it could also be on the other side of that as well. It's like you either don't know what to say mm -hmm. or that you're just trying to comfort them in any way that you can right by trying to be positive to a right. point where it 
hurts the other person. It 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 invalidates what they're going exactly. through. And that might be something that and just from studying what this idea of toxic positivity is, it's like learning how we as a society put so much emphasis on being happy mm. and mm-hmm. being positive and things like that and being just like always on the po- a good vibes outlook. You know mm. what I mean? The live, laugh, love <laughs> mentality. Um, like in, and here, other examples of positive, a text of positivity because like, is, is the quote, you know, stay positive and good vibes only. And this pretends of uh, that having negative feelings is not an option while it is human. Mm. Also, it's like not everyone can do this, like stay positive. It invalidates the feeling of someone. So like not because we all have bad days and it doesn't mean that every bad day has to end good. Right. But excuse me, I will say the hot chocolate comes back up. Uh, (laughs) I I will say that there is there is this one quote that I met from um, from I guess I kind of want to say male mentor for a little bit. But a quote from his was like, um, Every day that you can complain about is a good day, like at the end of the day. Interesting. So that is an interesting way to put it because it's at least you made it to the end of the day. Be thankful, be grateful, look kind of at the present of what you have. Um, and it just was an interesting kind of eye-opening just like, you know, yeah, it's a, it was a very realistic type right. of affirmation right? rather than like, Oh well, you know, there's all the sun will come out tomorrow, kind of thing. Yeah, like keep your chin up, like mm-hmm. keep on smiling, yeah. and yeah, keep on trucking. Right. Um, but yeah, and it, it it's I think it often comes from just your what's what's the person's intention? Like when you're trying to encourage somebody, what is your intention on um on that conversation, or right. like what do you want the result to be? And I think sometimes that when we as encouragers or people who want to help, I think when we we mistake going into the realm of um, trying to make them feel better for our sake. So like right. imagine for the, comfort. for the sake of comfort, for the sake of like, OK, so your friend is going through a bad day and you feel like you can't fix it or like they're not having a good day because you're trying to help them. That's still not your fault, but it's also, you know, not your I don't want to say not your job to make change it, but I think what you're there as a friend is instead of trying to fix the problem is there to just be present. Right. And there's also like, you know, if someone's telling you, we had kind of talked about this last night, it's yeah. like someone's telling you, you know, that something had happened to them or something's wrong, or this is the way that you're feeling um, is to kind of set that line of like, are you wanting me to comfort you or are you wanting advice? Right. That's a really good thing. Right. Um, but also, I think there is something to be said about this kind of situation, you know, so someone say it's, it's a bad day. It is a, um, an illness, a bad experience, Mm -hmm. you know, in relationships, like whatever this feeling might be from, like, it's okay to be sad. It's okay to Mm -hmm. not be okay. And you also don't have to be fine by the end of the night. You don't right. even have to be fine the next day. Like mm-hmm. there is something to be said about being human and not, you know, doing that whole thing of like, okay, well, yeah, make a better day out tomorrow. Like it's okay if you yeah. don't like let yourself feel these things. Let you let yourself, you know, even if you have to, I kind of like the idea of this. Like if something, you know, being depressed, being anxious, you know, sometimes you have like really, really bad days, right? Mm-hmm. Give yourself a day, couple hours, whatever you want, 
to wallow in your pity. Right. You know, just feel bad for yourself. I think. And then after that, you know, let, let all of that kind of negative type of emotion, like feel it. Right. You have to acknowledge it because if you don't acknowledge it, it's just going to be, you're going to push it under the rug. You're going to bob it up. It's going to get worse. It's going to, it's going to stay at the door until it's actually like, you know, acknowledged and you know, you experience it and you let it run its course. I kind of imagine it as a vampire standing at your door (laughs) where it has to be invited in. It has to be acknowledged, but otherwise it's not going to go away. No, you can throw as much garlic at it as you want. He's still going to stay there. He might walk over to the window, but he's still going to be there. Let him come in. Let that, let that depression vampire come in and take its full and fill because it, you know, for some people, for a majority, at least for me, uh, it, it'll, it's only, uh, temporary time right and so you take that time and when you feel ready then you begin to begin anew you know so is that going to speak to a therapist speaking to a friend a family member is Mm -hmm. it you know working through it yourself and you know taking that shower that you need putting away that laundry that you need to Mm -hmm. you know and and going about healing yourself and making um getting back on track i guess in ways that are gentle and realistic to you as well other examples of like just toxic positivity of just like phrases that we have often either heard or used or have been used on us can go from like happiness is a choice or like you'll get over it Mm -hmm. and like one that actually hit more for me when i realized this is like the phrase it happens for a reason everything happens for a reason i have said this to myself many times i've said this to myself and i've said this in 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 intentions of comfort for other people as well and while it is a wonderful comfort in the moment it doesn't help right like it doesn't really change the fact that someone lost a loved one that someone is going through financial trouble that someone is has that medical call come up that they didn't expect it like it all happens for a reason but like let's worry about that reason later Mm -hmm. let's not try to like instantly cover these emotions of sadness or turmoil or just like anxiety and worry let's just be present right because i think the best thing you can do is if you are in a place where someone is coming to you and not necessarily even asking for advice but even just sharing their heart with you Mm -hmm. is to be present right in a um and it's a phrase that i recently learned called holding space Okay. And it's you are just a place for them to give of themselves to share and to vent or to cry. And you are there completely non judgmentally there to accept them as is and to support them however they need to be supported. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's obviously not, there's a difference between um, enabling and, you know, giving proper help because right. like you don't want them to do something that's uh, that's hurt, harmful to themselves right as well you know there's so many caveats to these things so i hope you understand the intentions of our heart when we're, uh, with what we're saying even if i say them poorly um but i think with, with over uh, in generalizing right now what we're talking about toxic positivity is like it's deferring the current emotions of the situation right now that you're feeling to the future or away mm-hmm. because you because for some reason you don't want to feel them you shouldn't feel them it's not a good time to feel them or whatever but honestly emotional diversity is a very healthy thing mm-hmm. and there's Absolutely. been a study a study shown and i i found this one on psychology today internet you know so take it with a grain of salt <laughs> but um there was this was a uh an article written back in 2017 and um 
it says that in 2015, uh, researchers in France, Spain, and the United States, and England took a careful look at this tops topic of emotional diversity, like experiencing all emotions, positive and negative. In their initial study, they surveyed more than 35,000 participants from France to find out how they experienced the 12... 20 different uh, distinct emotions, 10 positive and 10 negative, and then um, assessed whether these participants showed signs of depression. Mm. They found that participants with greater emodiversity, you know, meaning those who experienced a broader range of emotions, were less likely to experience symptoms of depression. This held true for data analysis of the only positive emotions, only negative emotions, and all emotions combined. So when we refuse to let that depression vampire in let let the idea of like you know if you had a bad day it was a bad day mm-hmm. and like allow yourself to be like okay that sucked mm-hmm. oh my gosh ow right ow <laughs> but you don't let yourself stay there right you allow yourself to feel it and to you know hopefully if there is anything i at least for me is there anything i can learn from it oftentimes no but it's just like what can we do now like, right what do you do next um I've also learned that, and I think we've, we said this in, a, in an earlier episode of that depression is a very addictive thing. Mm-hmm. It's in a very addictive place to be because mm-hmm. um, you get into a routine and if you are depressed, routines are very helpful right. and routines sometimes become who you are. So you start forming habits, uh, you know, after several weeks of doing the same thing over and over again, comfortable. you become comfortable and you don't want to leave that space. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a very, it's a very tight rope, honestly. Right. Uh, all this to say too, let me preface this. Uh, we are not, um, certified, uh, psychologists, uh, psychoanalysts, counselors or anything like that. This is just a a topic between friends. You know, this is just kind of a a conversation that from what we've learned and what we kind of wanted to share with people and what, you know, know, if we're incorrect in any of these things, please let us know, please, you know, uh, educate us. I'm always looking to, to become better, um, in, in the realm of mental health as well as just, uh, how I communicate with people as well. There's all. There's also something to be said for, you know, all of this information. You know, it's great and it's nice. And sometimes it's applicable. Mm-hmm. Other times it's not. Right. You know, I mean, this is, it, it, I wouldn't say that it feels like hoity-toity or whatever, right. you know, but like sometimes you just don't have the mental or, or physical capacity to use these tools. Right. And that in itself is okay too. Yeah. So like, if you can't use these tools, if you can't put yourself in that frame of mind that one time or whatever, like that's, it's fine. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's such a, it's such a hard, it's such a hard thing, especially being on like the receiving end Mm -hmm. of it, you know, and knowing logically what the good coping skills are, like to know all that information, but to in that moment, you just can't. Right. You right. Just like can't. It, it, and sometimes that's that's when <clears throat> you should let your heart take over a little bit more and feel the things that you're feeling. Right. Um, and sometimes, you know, in a ne- what, what I think we're hoping from this conversation is like not only from our interpersonal relationship, but mm-hmm. also the relationships that we have with others um, and for you as well, is that when you are encouraging and you're in the place, in the position to support someone else, that you know how to do it in a way that doesn't diminish what they're feeling, mm-hmm. that doesn't diminish the, the circumstance that they're going through. Don't compare their mm-hmm. pain to your pain. Don't be like, oh, well, I've gone through something similar because, you know, I did this, 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 this. That That doesn't really help, you know, because if you're not going through that at the moment and they're going through it, then it's like, are you trying to one-up me? Yeah, and to add to this in in kind of a 
a different way. Um, uh, I mean, you guys are getting to know me and you're, you know, getting more familiar with some of my health issues and you mm-hmm. have seen, you know, kind of the way that I have to live. Right. So I, there's been multiple times where I've been talking to someone before, you know, and they're sharing something with me and they're like, Oh, you know, but I know it's not as bad as what you've gone through. Mm-hmm. All pain is relevant. Mm-hmm. So just because, you know, I am, in a wheelchair, like my body and my mind sometimes fails me. Mm -hmm. That is the worst thing that I have been through. So say your family member passing away or you, you know, are you broke your leg or you were diagnosed with diabetes or something. And to you, that is the worst thing that you have experienced. So for Mm -hmm. you, that is the most pain that you have been in. And that is completely valid. Not everyone is going to have the same exact life experiences. Mm -hmm. Like my sister, Jessie, you know, she had cancer. I didn't have cancer, you Mm -hmm. know, and I watched her like she was dying for over a year in a hospital bed. And I Mm -hmm. will never, ever get to understand what that felt like. Mm -hmm. I got to watch it, you know, and, and was there for some of her hardest moments as a, you know, even as a child. And I understood very well what was going on. But now, you know, as we're adults and talking, like we didn't have the same experiences, but we can both acknowledge the hardships that we have Mm. been through and connect to them together in the way that we both know that we are hurting or that we have experienced pain. It doesn't matter who, you know, from an outside source looking in whose was worse. Doesn't matter. Right. All pain. Right. And at that moment, like when someone's going through something, you it, it, it isn't a contest. I feel like right. we always feel like we have to have if we're in an encouragement uh, position, we feel like we have to have the knowledge of what we're doing. Like we have to show and 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 reveal that, oh, I've gone through worse and this is why my my advice matters. Right. Kind of thing. And that doesn't that doesn't help the person who's grieving at the moment or no. going through something at the moment. So, um, but yeah, essentially when you're in the position to encourage or to support my thing now is, um, and this will come out in a video here soon of like comfort or solutions. I'm excited for that one. Comfort or solutions, and I've I've Quincy Tavernified it to being like blanket or sword. Um, you know, you come in and you want an advice or your help, and you look kind of like you're tired. You want a blanket or a sword. Do I need to get the sword? Or are we gonna go fight someone? We're we gonna chop something down? <laughs> or do you need a blanket and we can rest? Like, what do you need? You need Can comfort? it be a fuzzy one? <laughs> the ones that, like, when you move just two inches, you get static electricity all over you? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if it's over your head, you can see all the static electricity. It's like stars. <laughs> but, yeah, so, like, when you're in a position to support your friends or loved ones, comfort or solutions, ask them that. And I think that would help a lot of clarity of what's going on. Because I think a lot of times people just want someone to be there. Mm-hmm. I think more often than not, um, we as individuals and independent people can take care of ourselves. Right. But to be transparent and ask for comfort and to genuinely give it with uh, as a comfort her to know that, you know, the solution's not going to handle it. It's not going to go away right away. Right. But make the present moment easier and, the, and a little lighter to bear. Um, all of these uh, kind of phrases of you know, instead of saying this, which is a toxic positive phrase of, of like, you know, don't worry or failure is not an option or just focus on the good. You'll be fine. Work harder. Look on the bright side. All these types of phrases that kind of just like, you know, are blanket statements um, are a lot of what you'll find is to it, 
of what to say instead mm -hmm. are often just compassionate advice. It's just often like you don't have to um, go through this alone. Uh, and it's like another thing is like, I'm here for you. It's okay for you to need help and let others help you. It's like that is gentle encouragement. That is like um, it's mostly active because mm. it, it's putting your money where your mouth is. It's saying, I will be here for you. What do you need? Right. And then you, if you're in a position where someone asks you for help, how can they help? Right. Like, don't necessarily feel like you're intruding when they're willingly offering, you know, some kind of support. I think it can go both ways. I think sometimes yeah. we are also afraid of receiving help for fear of being appearing weak or that uh, or inconveni inconveniencing the other person or inconvenient. Or like, I know you're going through something, but right. You know. Sometimes if I, I know for me, if I'm going through something, but then if I'm, you know, in a position to help someone else, it helps me pull out what I'm going through. Okay. It helps me kind of maybe overcome that because mm -hmm. I'm no longer focusing on myself and focusing on somebody else uh, in a way. Can so, be healthy, can be unhealthy. Can be both. <laughs> and that's why, again, my, my thing for this year is balance. So I got to figure out, you know, where is that line and what is that good and what's what's overdoing it to escape my problems. You right. Know? So different ways, different things. There's, there's. We all human. And we uh, all be human. We're trying. We're trying. But uh, yeah, that's essentially what I have today on that topic. There's not much, not much to cover it. I don't want to beat a dead horse with it and uh, repeat what I've already been said, but um, I hope it, I hope that helps. I hope that was semi-interesting. I will say this is actually something that um, while I was researching this completely differently, uh, imposter syndrome. Okay. Uh, we're going to completely derail this topic and go completely another way. Uh, but like oftentimes when we're in a position, we don't feel like we deserve it. You know, you get that imposter syndrome. You feel like you're, mm -hmm. your opportunities arrive and or things or a promotion is like, you know, presented or something to where you could probably have a better quality of life. And we often sometimes don't feel like we measure up or we're deserving of those things. Mm -hmm. So here's some things to say if you are like me and you kind of sometimes struggle with imposter syndrome of like, you know, I don't have enough experience. Well, instead of telling yourself that, say, I can leverage my existing skills. Um, so use what you can have. Mm -hmm. it's, it, this is a perspective twist, which I thought was interesting. I just want to share it. Um, imposter syndrome says I'm going to make mistakes. Uh, or you could say I can confidently fail forward, being willing to fail, being willing to keep going. Um, imposter syndrome would say, no, why would anyone listen to me? Versus what you could say, I am capable of earning respect because um, you're going to work for it. Imposter syndrome can say, I don't know how to do this. Or you could say, I can learn how to do this. So it's a, it's a slight twist of perspective and intention. Mm -hmm. Another one is I can't ask for more money. Or you could say, I know what my work is worth. Or you can prove that you're worth what you're going to get. Mm -hmm. So it's instead of kind of imposter syndrome can almost negate what you want and your desires of like, oh, I just don't deserve it. I don't have the skills. I don't have the assets or the, or the prestige or numbers or whatever. Um, I don't hit that criteria versus saying, if, you, if it's what you want, you got to work for it. And right. I can prove myself to do it. And I can use what I already know and have um, in order to get better. When, uh, I kind of talked about this on, I think maybe a couple of episodes previously. Um, I had originally written a different second book for the new meaning parable series. that was supposed to be Hazel's story. Right. Right. And my publisher, we went back and forth for months, mm -hmm. months and months and, you know, rewrite after rewrite after rewrite to the point where she's just like, you know, this book isn't working out. Like, right. you know, 
write something new or, you know, I know you've already written your third book. Like, is there any way that you could change the third book to fit as the second? Which the answer was yes. And that mm -hmm. worked out great for me. You know, now I just have to write the, the new third one. But in that moment, having to look at all of that or every time I have ever finished writing a book, you mm -hmm. know, so that's like 80,000 words, 100,000 words, you know, at the end of it, I'm just like, I don't, I don't know how I did it. And when mm -hmm. I have to start a new book, I'm like, I don't, like, I don't know how I did it. Can I even write a second book? I'm like, I feel like I just somehow got really lucky with my first one. You know, mm -hmm. I didn't go to school for this. You know, I didn't even get, you know, a college degree, you know, which people go for just to be an author. And like, like, and I, I feel like I faked my way through it. I'm like, mm. I don't know how I'm going to do this next time. <laughs> Am I even a really author? Am I just really lucky? Like right. that was one of those things where I had to kind of like sit back. I mean, I was literally sobbing and sobbing mm -hmm. to the point that my mom left her house to come over and like sit on the couch <laughs> with me. And she's like, okay, like what, what can we do? I mean, right. she brought me, um, so I always go to Dutch bros and I get a certain drink and that's either always for sad days or for <laughs> celebrations. So she's like, can I bring you one of these drinks? Like, <laughs> so, you know, it's just, it, it takes that moment of kind of self-reflection, but also yeah. to change that mindset, you know, whether you're talking about imposter syndrome or toxic positivity, it is something that needs to be learned. And again, like right. I said, it's not going to work every single time, you know, whether you are the person who is in pain or you are talking to the person who is in pain. Um, but it takes work and that's the hard reality of it. Cause I mean, as, as humans, you know, sometimes we're tired or, you know, it's, it's laziness or it's uncomfortable to change your routine, mm -hmm. but implementing a new mindset is the same thing as trying to start a new routine. Yeah. You know, I'm like, Oh man, I need to start waking up 30 minutes earlier for work. Or, mm -hmm. you know, I want to make more time for myself to do this, or I need to do this every single night now. Mm -hmm. Like you have to train yourself to do those things, right. you know? And, and, it, that is the same exact way for how it's the same thing that you would need to do to rewire your brain for yourself and for talking to other people. It is mm -hmm. not something that is just going to happen. You're going to listen to this episode and the next time something like that happens, you're like, oh, great, I have this. You know, I remember that. But to actually believe it right. and then to implement it within your own life. Mm -hmm. takes practice. Yeah, it takes time. It's I I feel like we all learn the same things at different points and um, it, it just allowing yourself to to know that you're on a journey, that other people are as well, and they might not be where you are and you might not be where they are in certain things. And it's just giving other people the benefit of the doubt and the compassion that you would, you'd like to receive as well. Oh, and the funny thing is too, is you can learn the same lesson mm -hmm. every single time, you know, that, that you could learn the same thing at different points in your life, but it's not going to hit you and it's not going to sink in until it needs to. Right. And that's different for everybody. Right. Different for everybody. But anyway. Ouch. <gasps> <laughs> well, that hurt. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's such a, it's such a strange con concept, you know, cause I know mm -hmm. like not everyone experiences mm -hmm. this kind of issue a lot. Yeah. I feel like it's come up a lot in my life being mm -hmm. chronically ill, mm -hmm. you know, cause it's always something new in Kenzie's world, right? There's always <laughs> something falling off of you or, you know, being taken out of you. Right. And so, oh yeah, I mean, quite literally <laughs> I've lost four organs. I'm on the way to a world record, <laughs> but like, yeah, I mean, it's like, it's really hard because I know a lot of people are just like, I don't know what to say. And so, you know, it's all you 
they think that they can say is just like keep your chin up, mm-hmm. keep smiling. That if you smile. don't know what like, to say, don't say anything and just be there. Right, just, just be like present. I acknowledge and I am validating what you feel. Like and you can't even say it. It's just like I I don't know what to say. I'm sorry, you know. But I I'm listening to you. I'm here for you, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Just don't invalidate. Yes, people's struggles, whether it's chronic illness, a bad day, you know. Yeah. got laid off or whatever i mean it's just it again it's the the idea that all rain is yeah. all pain is relevant and then it can fit all of that can fit in all those yep. different categories give grace just give grace amen <laughs> <laughs> on a different kind of more lighter note i do want to ask and pose this question i need recipe ideas mm. um i am looking at doing a couple uh ideas and sitting on your couch yesterday you know i'm gonna i'm working on getting some ingredients to do uh i guess i have the popping pearls, you know, like those popping pearls from Boba Stops. Boba? Boba. Uh, those popping pearls and things like that. I can make them at home. You can make them at home with like calcium alginate and sodium, whatever that's called. You just do like a science experiment and make um, some molecular gastronomy food things. You can make like mm-hmm. fruit caviar, which I'm really, really excited for. So I'm looking at doing something like that. Uh, I have a recipe for, recipe for salmon wellington, which is like a puff pastry wrapped salmon fillet with like spinach and mushrooms inside of it. Super good. It's beef really wellington of the sea. It really is. It, it's, it's the easy version because beef wellington to me is very intimate, very intimidating because yeah. it has like this luxury type of, you know, idea behind it. But like salmon is super easy to cook and make and it's right. very accessible. Um, so I'm looking for new recipe ideas or inspiration. So if you have something, put it in the comments below. I'd love to hear that uh, and possibly maybe you, you know, use it, utilize that. I still think you need to do more vegan stuff I, and get I, you on the baking role. I know that cooking is more you th- more your thing. But is baking is so like what would I bake? I don't know, man. I I mean, like I have tons of little recipes in my head. I used to make before I was vegan. But I'm sure I could make a vegan version of this. I used to do a um, orange cardamom quick bread and like okay. do a orange marmalade glaze on bread top. Is something that oh, mm. this is something I do want to do. Another recipe. It is a scratch made PB and J. So like I bake my bread, oh. I make my peanut butter, and I make my jelly. I like that. I think that's gonna be it's fun. It's like kind of rustic, but also very bougie. <laughs> it is. It really is. So like you know, you can technically make peanut butter in a, with a pestle and mortal mortar uh, with peanuts and honey or some sweetener. We need to get you like one of those little like lunchable makers, but it also like imprints the logo, the Griffin logo <laughs> on top, which I, again, before I was vegan a long time ago, uh, when my sisters would come over, we would do um, peanut butter and jellies, but mm-hmm. also put Nutella in them and then grill them like they were grilled cheese. Oh, I love grilled peanut PB and J's. I love grilled PB and J's. I like putting banana and um, on them sometimes too. A quip. A quip. So, what, so those lunchable stamp things, you mean like, just like a, a hot iron stamp for bread? Kind like of. Like what they do on burgers? So like, you know, you know, like they, you, they, you know the Lunchable, or not Lunchable, Incrustables? Yes. The little circle. So yeah. it's like that, but it also can like imprint like a logo on top. Okay. And it would be the Griffin. Like, I, I just imagine that like on a burger, you know how they kind of like I've hot iron a that. cow? They just go. I have seen burgers like that before at like really expensive, weird restaurants. That would be kind of fun. That would be kind of neat. Hey, I mean, I'm sure we could find someone at Etsy to make you like an iron poker kind of thing. That would like be a brand. Of fun. That could. <laughs> yeah. uh, that, oh, I don't have like a f- open flame to do that though. That'd be interesting. Um, blowtorch. Yeah. Just, Fire. Yeah. Just start. We all know. Here. I'll be there for that. 
That's why I need to get like a house house, like move into a home that way I can do stuff like that and like turn off my fire alarms. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's very true. And not have to worry about things like that if maybe in the future. Well, but. I'm trying to get a um like some sort of fire pit kind of oh, thing for my backyard. So, fun. so. Be so fun. Once I get that, we can do some fire pit. Are you just still doing like a axe throwing thing? Do homemade s'mores. Oh, I love s'mores. Um, I would like to. I had looked into um axes on Amazon actually, and there's a lot of sets that also come with throwing knives. Yeah. I've been really um into the idea of throwing knives. Um, when I went axe throwing with my family for my birthday, um, everyone's like you could either do a two-handed throw mm. or you could do one and so right. the one handed is over here yeah. um i was not strong enough to do a one i mean mm-hmm. just with like the weight of not only the handle but the hatchet so every time i do that and like you kind of go back my wrist would would fall that way mm-hmm. um and uh my hands are not what they used to be is what i'm finding out they're mm-hmm. um they're a little on the weak side right now uh so i feel like knife throwing would be easier because be they're too. they're very lightweight you could even get like those sharp edge cards like those metal cards i had looked into those, those I, are fun. that takes a lot of wrist control that i, I don't know if i have but the thing with throwing knives i was doing some research especially for um book writing for the the mm-hmm. third book i i get into like weird rabbit holes sometimes i need to only write like a sentence or a paragraph about something <laughs> but i want to be like accurate or historically correct so i do like three hours of research just to write one sentence um, but what I was learning about throwing knives is there's there's two different types of weighted ones. So the ones that are completely centered and right. we- like the weight is even, you can either throw it from the handle like you're supposed to, mm-hmm. or you can th- throw it holding onto the sharp side. And then there's ones yeah. that are unbalanced on purpose, and then you have to throw it a different mm-hmm. way. Um, but because of the way that my hands are right now, I'm thinking about I'll, I'll probably still get a, a kit that's hatchets and throwing knives, mm-hmm. but I think that I'm probably going to get more into knife throwing um, cool. for as long as my body lets me. Hey, that'll be cool. That'll be neat. Yeah. Something new to try. Yeah. But we'll set that up in the backyard too. <laughs> <laughs> a little croquet course, a little fire. Have you ever played here. croquet? My parents at their last house, um, my dad built one in the backyard. Oh, he showed me that. Yeah, he did. Yeah. I don't know. I don't find it in- as interesting. It's like it's like in the same realm of golf, and I'm like, eh. yeah. Well, I didn't ever. I think I played it when I was a kid, and I'd go to Oregon. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's real grass there, not right. plastic. <laughs> um, so I think I had played like when I was a kid, but at the point that my dad built it, I was disabled, and I was just like, I can't even roll on the grass. Mm-hmm. I'll watch you guys play. Like I got more enjoyment out of watching everyone play. That's than like me at me Super struggling. Bowl parties. Like I don't. I'm not there for the sports. I watching will, people scream their head off. Watching people scream uh scream uh like cheer for the enemy team yeah just because i'm a butt like that and also for the food that checks out for you yeah that's that's a good time but but croquet now at this point in my life just reminds me of like bridgerton it's very old like regency kind of it's an old people sport yeah it absolutely is (laughs) so but i think that's all it for today and for this week thanks for hanging out with us for a little bit a little bit of a shorter episode but it's still okay thanks for hanging out and talking um and just having a casual candid conversation on like toxic positivity and just you know how to be an encouragement and uh support to people that you care about um but we will see you next week for uh, Valentine's, Valentine's Day episode, we'll have uh, strawberries and a chocolate with us, and it's going to be a good time. But until then, take care of yourself, be kind to yourself, and be safe out there. We will see you next week. And don't forget about the Kickstarter. Yes. Bye. Bye.